is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. We're going to talk to our friend Keith Smith coming up here momentarily, get his take on uh, what we're going to see in the NBA playoffs and uh, what he thinks of the Utah Jazz opportunity to make a run. In fact, let's get to it. Let's jump out to the zone phone. He's a contributor for Yahoo Sports as well as Real GM. He's our friend Keith Smith. What's going on, Keith? Hey, a lot. You know, this is uh, one of those busy times of the year, but I'm really looking forward to it. One of my favorite uh, periods in the NBA calendar. Uh, absolutely, Keith. And around here, as you can imagine, there's there's a little extra juice. The Jazz have never uh, finished with the outright best record in the NBA. They've They've tied for it a couple of times, but never uh, had uh, it outright. How big a deal is that, do you think, uh, as far as, you know, something to hang your hat on? Yeah, I think that's huge, uh, especially this year. I, th- I think you want to, in what has been the weirdest season in NBA history, I think the more consistency you can build in, the better. And I think the Jazz have been remarkably consistent this season as far as the way they've played, uh, their style of play, and now they're going to have uh, everything run through their home arena for the playoffs, and that's absolutely huge. You know, you know, in, in this year, you want to limit travel, and they have one of the true home court advantages in the NBA, so you know, could, could be a big, big factor. So uh, what a lot of our listeners care about right now is who's going to win this game tonight <laughs> between the Lakers and the Warriors. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Lakers. Just I think they're finally about uh, healthy. They they looked pretty good in their last uh, couple games health wise. So I'm leaning towards them. I feel like for the Warriors to be good teams, Steph has to be almost otherworldly, and I'm just not sure that he's going to have that in him again. Now, if he scores 50, 60 points tonight, absolutely the Warriors can win, and you know he kind of can do it almost by himself. But but I think the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. This is a chance to not only get this win, get into the seventh seed, but also get off their feet for a couple more days and not have to play, you know, an additional game. So I think they're going to be motivated and come away with this one. Keith Smith is with us. Who who should Jazz fans be rooting for? Who who would the Jazz rather face? I mean, you're you're getting a tough opponent either way with the Lakers and Warriors. But what uh, what direction should the fans be leaning tonight? Yeah, you're rooting for San Antonio or Memphis to make a miracle uh, yeah, run right. uh, out of nine ten, right? But but out of Warriors, Lakers, I, I think you kind of want the Lakers to win. I, I think think you stand a much better chance of beating the Warriors. I know there's some history there, but that, those aren't those Warriors anymore. They they they're not that team now. And I think Utah is deeper. They're better. I think they're better equipped to defend what the Warriors do. Uh, some of that's Golden State's personnel. Some of that is what the Jazz do. So, yeah, you want the Lakers to win, get them on the other side of the bracket, and avoid them for as long as possible. Keith, we were talking about this earlier, but what did you see during the regular season out of the Jazz that that makes you think that they can really do some damage in the postseason? Yeah, a couple things that, that really stood out to me. I, I thought they um, – 
they, they were really good at moving the ball and finding good to great shots on a lot of their possessions. And I don't think that can be overvalued. I, I think, you know, we, we live in a world in the NBA where so many things are pick and roll or isolation ball. And I think the Jazz can do that. They have guys who can function that way, but they are also very good at running their stuff, running their sets, and then also freelancing into good shots when they need to. And I think that's where having, you know, a lot of guys can really pass in the lineup almost at all times. They've got three or four passers in there. I think that really helps them uh, get good shots. I also think they've been remarkably consistent with their rotations when healthy. You know who their eight, nine guys are. You almost know who those eight, nine guys are going to be for just about every minute of the game. They, they, they kind of stick to a pretty good substitution pattern that allows the guys to know who they are. They found the lineup combinations that work. And then the last thing that really stood out to me this year is how they defended the three-point line. They really did a good job closing out the shooters and making those attempts really, really difficult. And I think that helps having pretty good size um, across the board at a lot of different times in the game. That's allowed them to be aggressive closing out the shooters because they know they have the, the league's preeminent rim protector behind them if guys drive those closeouts. Who's the favorite in the Eastern Conference, Keith? It's probably Brooklyn, um, but but I'm not going to discount Philadelphia or Milwaukee. I think they both have some unique uh, things that can cause the Nets trouble. Uh, no, they, the, the Nets, no, nobody has a great answer for guarding Joel Embiid or the Giannis Antetokounmpo, but the Nets really don't have an answer for guarding either one of those guys. And then they have enough big, long, versatile defenders on each of those teams in Philadelphia and Milwaukee that they can at least make the Nets have to work for it offensively. That's the big thing. You're, you're never really going to shut down three guys that are as good as those three are, but if you can make them work for it, that, that you know, gives you a leg up. So I'd go with Brooklyn, but it wouldn't surprise me if Philly or Milwaukee comes out instead. Keith, if you had to pick one or the other, you just you had to, you had to pick one or the other. You couldn't have both. Which would you rather have, a lot of offense in the playoffs or a lot of defense? In a normal year, I would say a lot of defense. I think this year you want offense. I just don't know that the guys have it in them after this. I've been saying the normal NBA season is a marathon. This year felt like they sprinted a marathon the whole way. And I'm just not sure guys have it in them to, to play, you know, up to normal playoff level defense for, you know, what's going to ultimately be about a two, two and a half month long run here. I just don't know that we're going to see that. So this year, uh, only for this year, I, I would pick offense over defense. Keith, uh, the Jazz this year have several candidates for awards. Um, Coach Snyder for Coach of the Year, Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson, candidates for Sixth Man of the Year. How many of those awards do you think uh, are won? Or I guess who do you think takes home that hardware? Yeah, if, if anybody wins Defensive Player of the Year that's not Rudy Gobert, I really want to hear the explanation for, for picking somebody else. I mean, the things he has he's done this year as a defender are just ridiculous. He's putting up uh, defensive numbers. I know defensive stats can get a little weird at times, but when you're atop almost all of them, that tells me you're doing a pretty good job, and that matches to the eye test. Sixth man of the year, I it's funny. I, I'm almost one of those people who think, let's split it and call it the six-and-a-half man of the year award or something and, and give it to Clarkson and Ingles and let them split it because they've both been so very good and so important in that role for Utah. And then I think Quinn Snyder's coach of the year case is 
good. But that award tends to go to somebody who brought their team from being poor to really good. And I think for that reason, Monty Williams and Tom Thibodeau are a little bit ahead of him there. But I I still think between those things, uh, potential All-NBA appearances and like, I think the Jazz are going to do quite well uh, in in, um, the award season. Of everything that you can consider heading into this postseason, Keith, what excites you the most? What uh, what what could happen that uh, would spin your beanie a little? I think how wide open things are. It you know we went through a period where it seemingly was going to be Warriors Cavaliers every year, and then we still even as the Cavs dropped out, we still felt like the Warriors were kind of there. And then last year, I think a lot of us felt. All right, well, it's gonna it's the Lakers title to lose. You could give me about five or six teams this year and I'd tell you, Yeah, I believe it. I think that they could they could, could win the championship and I think that kind of uh, wide openness, that variance is gonna be really, really, really fun to watch these playoffs play out. Where are you at on the uh, play-in games, Keith? It did make the end of the regular season more interesting, certainly. Uh last night um, we saw a pretty good game between Boston and, and Washington and a really bad game with Indiana and Charlotte, and we'll see what we see tonight. But where, are you, uh, where do you fall on this? Should it be here to stay? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I think no matter what any of us think, I think the TV viewer numbers are telling us it's not going anywhere. Um, those are starting to come out now, and they were the highest-viewed um, you know, telecast that they've had uh, outside of opening night. So I think that tells us they're going to be there. But for me personally, I like the play-in tournament. If they would make the tweak uh, to it, I like the games back requirements that they had in the bubble. I think if you're the seventh or eighth seed and you've built a four-game lead or more, you've done your work already. You shouldn't have to then play in a couple more games to try to get in to the postseason. You already did what you had to do. Beyond that, I think it solved a lot of what the NBA wanted to solve. They want to get rid of that late-season tanking. You're never going to fully eliminate it. Because we had this year, we had about four teams that kind of started the season that way and then never really stopped. But in a normal year, post-trade deadline, we have eight, ten teams that are openly not trying to win. They're positioning themselves for ping-pong balls. This year is really those four teams. So we get down to about two, three weeks left in the season and a handful more join them as they realize their years were over. But we otherwise, this thing went all the way down to the end, and I think that's great. It eliminated a lot of those bad and almost unwatchable games that we get on the NBA calendar nightly at the end of the season. So I think it's here to stay. So, Keith, if you are going to predict at this particular time who will be in the NBA Finals? What matchup do you think we're looking at here? Yeah, it's it's really tough. You could sell me on a lot of different teams out of the West between Utah, Phoenix, the Lakers, the Clippers, and maybe even the Nuggets. I'm a little bit worried about how much Jokic is going to have to do for them. But I think what we're in the end going to see is I think this might be the Clippers' year. Uh, to, to get through. I think they've got good depth. I think their guys are motivated after last year's collapse. So I'm going to lean with the Clippers just slightly in in the West. And then in the East, I'll still go with Brooklyn. Um, but again, it wouldn't surprise me if one of those other teams comes out. I just don't know how anybody's going to be able to outscore if they're healthy and, and on you know firing on all cylinders. how you outscore a trio of Durant, Irving, and Harden. I'm just not sure anybody can do that. Keith, we always look forward to our conversations with you. Thank you, as always. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Y'all stay safe, you and yours. Yeah. Back Thank at you. you. Our friend Keith Smith, contributor for Yahoo Sports and uh, Real GM.
Is Brooklyn your favorite back east? I think so. Not out east, yeah, but back east? Back east, yeah, I, I, I think so. That's the way I'm leaning. Uh, I know you have uh, stressed their lack of interest in playing defense. Is it a lack of interest or is it a lack of ability? Interest. I, I don't know. Maybe they're, like Locke says, maybe they're so good offensively it doesn't matter. But I still, <clears throat> until I see it, you can't be dreadful at defense and win a, win a champion. I mean, the playoffs, you know, Gordon, whistles get swallowed and defense gets amped up. That's what, that's what happens. And well, are they so good that they can buck that trend? I know it's not the best way. This sounds a little bit like uh, the person who, who uh, uh, falls in love with another but there are some major issues that need to be changed. And said person indicates that uh, they'll change. Okay, so they'll can change. I? it's funny so, you say that. Can I read this quote? Yeah. Because you can hear Chris Paul, his anger from here, reading this quote. <laughs> okay. James Harden said this on his uh, slight statistical dip since his <laughs> hamstring injury. He said this, quote, I thought that winning was all that matters. When I was doing the stats and filling up the numbers, it wasn't good enough. It's all about winning. Today in practice, I had zero points, and we won. Don't you think Chris Paul's like, dude, I've been, I, I, I was talking to Dan Tony all season about playing more of a team game and not just uh, being the James Harden <laughs> show and this and this and that, and they sided with you, and now you go on to a different team, and you're going, God, maybe that all that selfish play. <laughs> Maybe that that didn't give us the best chance to win. <laughs> After all, oh, what a what what a surprise! Well, you know that would be maddening you know, if I were a former teammate maybe, maybe to read that quote. A eureka moment for James Harden. Now, I I just it, there's a real danger in uh, in saying someone's going to change, and so when I think about your answer to my question about whether it's interest or ability. You say it's interest. Well, if it's interest, does that mean that it can be changed or that it will be changed, that they will play a little more defense because so, they know it's necessary? So I, I, you could not convince me that somebody capable of, of doing what James Harden can do physically on the offensive end couldn't play better defense than he does. Yeah. But Kyrie Irving, on the other hand, he is small. But we see Mike Conley play some above-average defense being small. At times. So, uh, I mean, I don't think it's a, it's a complete excuse. But if you want to break it down, I mean, he is, you know, you just don't see a lot of dominant six-foot-one defenders. It's well, just Chris not, Paul's a good defender. Eh, depends on who you ask. Well, a lot of people think he is, or was. Or he made a lot of, uh, of all defensive teams being able to poke the ball out from behind when he gets beat. Well, so could John Stockton. All right. I, we're talking about Chris Paul. <laughs> okay. He always led the league in steals because he'd get beat by his guy and then craftily like, Whoop, let's poke that out there. Well, what the, you know, potato, potato. I, I know, but it's not exactly what you'd describe as fundamentally good defense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never but mind. the point stands. It's more uh, obvious take here. It's it's easier to be a really good defender when you're bigger and longer. It's It's difficult when you're, you know, shorter and shorter <laughs> slower maybe uh i don't know because i wouldn't call kyrie irving slow certainly. no not at all not uh, not, not at all not in the slightest no so. come on i still think it's a matter of desire 
I think a lot of times defense comes down to that. Yeah. I mean, you, you get a, a player like Carlos Boozer, and maybe we were a little too hard on him for, for playing poor defense because his lateral quickness was so mm-hmm. not there that he was always going to be vulnerable in the pick and roll. So, you know, physical limit, limitations excuse me, uh, are a real thing when it comes to, to some players. But you look at these really uberly athletic players, like, and not to, to pick on the guy because I know they, that he's loved around here, but why can't Damian Lillard be an all-NBA defender? That's a good question. You know? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because the burden is too great, although I know you love two ways. So. I, I hate that excuse. I know. Trying so hard on offense, just take you know, just take take it off defensively. Take a few more yeah. shots. Oh, oh, I'm tired I'm now, coach. So winded. <laughs> All right, we're here at uh, RGS Exteriors and Construction. Our friend Tim jumping on with us uh, once again. Tim, and, and Tim, you uh, you coach a little football now and again. Is defense about desire? You know, well, I just, as you're talking about, absolutely. But as you're talking about, I'm just thinking, who's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, rebounder of all time? You know, Dennis Rodman, like. It was all effort with that guy. That guy just gave 110% effort every single play, and that's why he was such a great defender. I, I watched a kind of a highlight video of him diving all over the place the other day. I think it was his birthday or something, and it's like, that dude, that dude poured it all it out there. His effort, man. Yeah. He, just, he yeah. just gave effort every – and, look, that's all defense is in any play, in any sport, football, basketball, whatever. It's just effort. You know, give 110% and, and you're going to be decent. And he was well, probably on like a five-day bender too. Like I haven't slept in four days, but I'm well, going to go. Well, drugs may or may not have been a big part of that. But, <laughs> but oh, <nonetheless>. really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Dennis, you haven't slept in four days. Watch me get 20 rebounds. Here we go. Yeah. And take Carl Malone out of the game, you know? Yeah. He did it. It was effort though, right? I mean, he did. You're right. Well, he had some ability too, but. Uh, he, had a, he had that sense where he kind of knew where the ball was going to be before yeah. anybody else anticipation did. Anticipation skills. He, great anticipation but, skills. But you're right. I mean, had he not been motivated, you know, no way he's the player he is. No, look, I mean, there's obviously really good players that can give effort that just don't have a skill set, which obviously Rodman had. But you're talking maybe one of the greatest, arguably the greatest rebounder of all time. I mean, he had both, but, but it was his effort. That guy just never stopped his motor. Yep. Well, let's talk about effort because you guys put in a, a ton of effort to really make sure and, and take care of people and do a good job because those people tell their friends. That's what it's all about. You know, we want to make sure that you're taken care of and that you're happy so that your friends is, ha- friends is happy and their friends are happy and their friends, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that's why, we've, why we're here. That's why we've been here for five generations. That's why we do what we, we do and why we love to do what we do. And, you know, like Greg, when he was on the, the beginning of the day, it's, you know, we, nothing makes it better than having a happy customer and, and having them excited about what we've done you said 50 percent of your customers are either repeats or referrals yeah so either yeah we've either done work for them again or or before they've referred us again so again and we do a lot of gutters and siding i mean we're one of the larger companies in utah so yeah something we're really proud of um you know one thing we haven't talked about is is there's an independent company um that does surveys that surveys our customers Um, we actually pay them um to to send out a survey to, to our customers and give us the data um and the national average is 50% uh, approval rating, meaning 50% of the customers will hire their contractor again. Believe it or not. So what's that I mean? You're flipping a coin, you know, whether you're getting a good contractor or whether you're not. Um, and we're not perfect, but we have a 93% approval rating. So, you know, 93% of all of our customers would hire us again or would use us again. So something that we're really proud on and something that we really strive and, and to, to do. All right, get taken care of. Invest a little bit in that home. 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110, or go to rgsutahsiding.com. 
Tim, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful day. We'll have more coming up next. Got a little college football note that's just coming across. We'll get Gordon's thoughts on that next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point belt. All right, it's time for a bottom-of-the-hour Jazz update. The Jazz will have an entire week off before they begin their playoff run on Sunday. They practice today. After practice, Joe Ingles talked about rest versus rust. Rust, not like, no, uh, I think we'll be fine. I think we, um, as you guys know, with our healthcare guys and our coaching staff, we've got, I believe, the best in the league in both of those, and um, they'll, they'll have us ready and kind of raring to go for... Um, for Sunday night, I think it is, or sun, Sunday at some time. The opponent uh, is unknown. The Utah Jazz awaiting the play-in scenario to play its way out. That begins tonight in the Western Conference. Uh, game number one at 530. Uh, in fact, tipping off just uh, in a few moments, the Spurs are at the Grizzlies. The 8 o'clock game tonight, the Lakers host the Warriors. The winner of that game will be the seventh seed. The loser will face the winner of the Spurs and the Grizzlies. The winner of that game will be number eight and the Jazz opponent on Sunday. This update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Now here we go. The regular season is over. And the top-seeded Utah Jazz are set to make their NBA playoff run. Hear every second of every moment of Jazz playoff basketball. Right here on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Their spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. We're live at RGS Exteriors and Construction. Gordon, uh, a little college football note. Actually, a couple of notes from uh, from college sports real quick. Of course, we've been really heavy on the jazz today. But Dennis Dodd reporting this uh, about 20 minutes ago, um, talking about uh, college sports, says the impact of COVID became clearer today. Average SEC school lost $45 million. The league borrowed an average of $23 million per school against future media rights earnings to balance things. Schools on the top end have lost $70 million plus in yeah, the I SEC. Saw, I saw that as well. It, uh, yeah, it was a rough year. <laughs> yeah, and the SEC had uh, played games and had, well, in some cases, fans. So, I mean, it, it's just what the world has gone through over the last year is, is yeah. remarkable, as we've talked about uh, so much. But um, that's, 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 pretty, that's pretty remarkable. That's a lot of dough. It is, uh, but it also is an indication of how much dough these these folks normally get. Well, I'm sure a lot of people were laid off and furloughed. You know, I mean, well, they'll. I imagine they'll be hired back. 
Well, the Pac-12 did a smart thing, and it seems like the SEC, I didn't know they did this as well, uh, which is smart, uh, extending a line of credit to borrow yeah. against future earnings. But, yeah. you know, you wonder about the you know, schools in the Pac-12 that are already leveraged, you know, how that's going to go kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. But I, I guess what other, you know. That darn Pac-12 network costs too much money. That that is a that is a problem. I like we talked about uh, when the new commissioner was introduced. I wonder which direction they're going to go. They I, should they should absolutely sell it with this round of negotiations, media rights deal. I wonder I wonder what they could get for it. Who cares? Just run it for them. <laughs> Seriously, just run it for them. That that honestly never made sense. And, and hindsight is twenty twenty, of course. But but what makes you think that a athletic commissioner has any business running a television network and remember he was paying himself twice yes and and always saying i have two jobs yeah. i'm the head of a network and the head of a, co- a conference <laughs> and it's like well you stink at both gigs so uh you know it, <laughs> the, and this new co- commissioner is more equipped for the media rights end yeah. of things and that was the reason that uh that was the reason that they brought him aboard and i would guess they're going to sell 51 percent of it and uh, and get somebody else to come in and establish the infrastructure, run it, do all the negotiation and all that stuff with the network itself. Yeah, yeah. That, That's what the SEC does. Yeah, that makes some sense. I had a friend once who told me that he, he was a uh, bit of an entrepreneur, and he, he built some successful businesses, but he said when he would see a struggling business and think he could make it better, uh, it didn't always go as well as he had hoped. Well, I think someone can make the Pac-12 network a little better, or the network better. You know, what do you what do you mean by network better? You don't like the? I mean, because honestly, I I don't think the game broadcasts and those sorts of things have been uh, subpar. I think some of the programming, you know, they tried to do the what Yogi uh, uh, Yogi uh, Roth did the. What do you call that? The drive? I mean, that was some pretty interesting yeah, television. Ta- you know, I'm not even talking about from a programming standpoint. I'm right. That's why I guess what I'm asking. Yeah. From, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. But, well, we'll see how it turns out. He seems uh, – I say his name again? Oh, I don't have it in front of me. Go for it. Just the commissioner. Uh-huh. Uh, he uh, – because I'm going to get the – I want to get the emphasis right. But uh, his – George. There you go. George Klyavkov. Klyavkov. There you go. Klyavkov. Uh, he, he seems like he's uh, pretty tied in to that. And, and he's, uh, you know, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but he was stressing innovation and trying new ideas and things. And, you know, that's sort of what we heard from Larry, too. Yeah, let somebody else come up with the ideas. <laughs> hire, hire somebody else. To come up with the ideas. All right, one other college uh, sport or sports uh, story I wanted to run by uh, quickly here, Gordon. Have you seen this about uh, the the situation going on with former Louisville basketball assistant coach Dino uh, Gaudio? Gaudio. What's the latest? So I'm just going to read right from the the ESPN report here because okay. this this is something that I think you'll find interesting. All right, All right uh, former Louisville basketball assistant coach uh, Dino Gaudio has been charged with one federal count of attempting to extort money and other things of value from the university. Uh, let's see here. Uh, according to information released by the U.S. Attorney for Western District of Kentucky, according to the charge, Gaudio, during an in-person meeting with Louisville officials on March 17th, quote, 
threatened to report to the media allegations that uh, uh, that the University of Louisville men's basketball program have violated NCAA rules in its production of recruiting videos for prospective student athletes and its use of graduate assistance in practice unless the University of Louisville paid uh, him his salary for an additional 17 months or provided the lump sum equivalent of 17 months of salary. Later that day, according to the charge, Caudillo, quote, sent a text message to the University of Louisville uh, uh, personnel containing one of the recruiting videos he was threatening to send to the media, unquote. The text message traveled outside Kentucky, according to the government, meaning, Gordon, that he is uh, vulnerable to violation of federal law. Mm. Uh, He is 64. He's charged with interstate communication with intent to extort. And uh, basically, he uh, he's facing a couple of years uh, in the Huskow. Oops. But how about this? All right, so Louisville's cheating. Mm-hmm. This assistant knows they're cheating. Mm-hmm. Has basically evidence of their cheating. Yes. Extorts the university. Mm-hmm. The university basically turns the guy in. Uh, is that how he got caught? I'm assuming so. So, so the university. I mean, is the now university reporting. They obviously didn't pay. So now we're all going to find out that they are that they have been cheating beyond what we already knew. Here's Louisville's statement: "Quote as detailed in the charging document, after Gaudio was informed that his contract would not be renewed, he threatened to inform members of the media of alleged NCAA violations within the men's basketball program unless he was paid a significant sum of money. The allegations of violations are uh, are the impermissible production of recruiting videos for prospective student athletes." and the impermissible use of graduate managers in practices and workouts. While the university cannot comment further doing, uh, due to the ongoing federal investigation and the NCAA process, it continues to cooperate with authorities as well as the NCAA on the matter. So maybe they knew they were going to get busted anyway. See, here's the thing. The guy didn't have enough mm-hmm. dirt. He didn't, have the, he didn't know where the right body was buried. Because Louisville can just admit, ah, we made a couple of videos, a couple of grad assistants, we're a little too eager. Ah, Well, you know, what are you going to do? So this guy's different from the the guy who was involved in uh, taking players to strip clubs and whatnot. This appears uh, to be a different person. Was was that uh, prostitution? I think he was procuring some professional services. Yeah, I think it went beyond a a night out at the gentleman's club. So the next time uh, you get a chance to. Talk with Donovan Mitchell. You want to ask him about his alma mater and their uh, their way of doing business? I, I wasn't planning on it, no. You? I'll ask the questions around here to you. <laughs> to me? <laughs> and don't you forget it. <laughs> I'm just stealing your bits left and right today, Gordon. Yeah, thank you very much. You're welcome. So there you go. I mean, I guess it's uh, if you are running a college basketball program and uh, doing things on the sly, be careful who you hire. Uh, that's the amazing thing about all of this uh, dirt, that it can always be turned around on you, right? Isn't it easier just to live an honest life and lose? See, here's the thing, though. <laughs> here's the thing. People talk about the, they hear this when it comes to police officers, the thin blue line or the whatever they're talking uh-huh. about. That exists in coaching. You don't sell out other coaches. They're very protective about it. Mm-hmm. And if you do, I mean, obviously this guy's, probably going to a federal uh, going to Leavenworth but I mean even if he wasn't this dude would never get a job in coaching again 
Yeah. You don't. Uh, you, you, what's the what's the uh, mafia term? Omerta. Oh. You don't talk about it. Mm. Or else you don't coach again. What's his name? Dave Bliss, the the Baylor coach that covered up a murder, blamed one of his players. Well, anyway, covered up a murder, a slandered a murder victim. He can coach again. The whistleblower who who uh, called attention to the whole situation out of basketball. Hmm. And living with his mother in in his fifties, working a an elementary janitorial job. Oh, really? Yep. So you want to know why more coaches don't. Whistleblow, that's why, which is wrong. And and why, by the way, why a lot of coaches that go into the media never say anything. Yeah, they're pretty quiet about it. Never say anything. I mean, why? Why do you think uh, uh, good old Chucky John Gruden was the most positive human that you've ever heard in your entire <laughs> life when he was calling Monday Night Football? Ah, <laughs> oh, I just can't wait to see this guy play. He's got a uh, he's got a brotherhood. Well, and look, uh, he got another gig. He got yeah. another gig, making ten million bucks a year. Yep. If he'd done a Raiders Monday Night Football game and actually said what he thought, <laughs> that's what we do. We say what we think, you know. And thus, we will never be a head coach <laughs> in any sort of sport ever. <laughs> oh well. And what are What are you going to do? I wasn't getting there anyway. <laughs> there has to be some integrity somewhere, right? I guess. Are we lifting ourselves lifting ourselves up to a lofty position? Are we? Probably only to be torn down by our own shortcomings. But, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's bound to happen, too. That's a fact. All right, more next. Big show. I uh, want to remind you that we're going to be at the warehouse. Actually, Hanson Scotty, you're going to be at the warehouse. Excuse me. 10 to 2 coming up on Friday, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. More straight ahead on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> What the hell are we listening to? It's White Snake, man. Get on board. Forgive my friends. I'm sorry. Get on board. Still off the day. Come We're on. We're here at RGS Exteriors and See, Construction. I, I, I can't. Tell you, when, back when Austin was in the Gaddy Ant Rockers, they didn't give a microphone to him, but he was screaming just like that. I'll bet you anything. <laughs> I. I I still can't get over the picture Austin sent us of him with curly hair. It is still, yeah, is still blowing my mind. Yeah, and and then Johnny uh, sent us a, a picture of him when he was rocking and rolling back in the day. He dressed as Punky he, Brewster for Halloween. We know <laughs> he looked he looked the part. He was perfect for the part. And uh, Johnny, give us a screen. I mean, how did you used to sing? What do you mean you used to? Yeah, <laughs> I mean back in your. Pr- what do you mean, wow. back in my prime? Are you calling Johnny old? Uh, yeah, you just call me old. I got a headache. <laughs> back back, back when you were performing in front of 190,000 people. Are you saying I'm not now? And are, are you? Maybe. Oh, maybe we should treat him with more respect, huh? Are you disrespecting Johnny? Do you not treat him with a lot of respect? <laughs> Call, you're just digging yourself <laughs> even deeper. <laughs> Johnny, back when people knew who you were. Back when you used to be somebody, Johnny. Uh, yeah. oh, how did you yeah. sing back then? <laughs> when people cared, how did that feel? You just can't help yourself. Oh, I'm in pain. Stop. I'm begging. So what are you asking Johnny to do? Well, what is that? Give us a, you know, we just heard Austin screaming. So I wonder if we can hear Johnny screaming. <laughs> I scream for money. Oh, that's right. That's the difference. You're a professional. <laughs> 
So there you go. All yeah. right. Sit down. Who was the best rock and roll screamer? Who had the best scream? So uh, the singer for Steel Heart. Somebody we've heard of. Yes. You've heard of Steel Heart. <laughs> Steel you know that song, Angel Eyes. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Steel Heart. Okay. So but if you want to go with someone you know, I would probably go with Robert Plant. Oh, wow. okay. Well, yeah, that, that yeah, that probably a, makes some sense. That's a good answer. Uh, Gordon would say one of those overrated, uh, the screamer on "Hey Jude," you know, the the one that's Rico? not the one that's not hey, George. Johnny, since I have you on the mic here, would you please straighten yeah. these nincompoops out? I mean, come on. I've I've tried to talk to him, Gordon, several times about uh, the Beatles and how genius they are. Yes, they won't listen. They won't listen. I just said they're the overrated. The Beatles are worse What's than it? Limp Biscuit. Oh, that, that's what you said. No, the Beatles are the forced. most overrated band in history. Again, that's, another Now, that's true. Audio. Now, that is The true. Beatles they, are worse than the overrated. Monkees. Not, not true. Not true. The Beatles are worse than Millie Vanilli. If you were, if you were, if you were going to try and, like, convince these guys, Johnny, what would you say? I mean, what can be said? The Beatles were basically around for four years. And on the legacy they left within just four years is unbeatable by any artist as far as songs. Everyone knows who the Beatles are. Yep. Everyone knows. I think Greg Ostertag should be in the NBA Hall of Fame. 17 number ones in the U.S. Not bad. Not bad. Greatest songwriters of all time. That's far from true. We've heard this story a hundred times. Let's move on. If they really were, they never would have created something like the White Album. Which is just it sounds awful. like a garbage disposal. It's just <laughs> that's the result just of drugs. Awful. I mean, just yeah. That was a, and a these are your garbage. role models, Gordon. If if you're the greatest songwriters of all time, mm. the, then your basement can't be that low. How about uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club? Yeah, I have that on vinyl. And that's all right. Oh jeez. Uh, all right. Okay. All right. We're done. Yeah, give me uh, <laughs> give me blood on the tracks or blonde on blonde over over that any day. All right, all right, all right. That's, Give me uh, you. Well, I mean, there's one of us is right about this. You know, I love that story that uh, Paul McCartney used to tell about John Lennon about uh, when he said everything's getting better, better all the time, and and he said that Lennon said couldn't get much worse, or couldn't get any worse. Uh, McCartney said he never would have thought of that. Well, again, John. You know, Gordon's my, right. I do have bad taste in music. Here, here's my talent <laughs> ranking of the the Beatles. Okay. Okay. George one. Okay. Ringo two. Really. <laughs> Paul and John tied for four. You know, uh, John Lennon was asked once asked if Ringo Starr was the greatest drummer in the world. His response was, "He's not even the greatest drummer in the band." That's kind of mean. It was Paul who was the greatest drummer. Still mean. <laughs> but true. Well, could, you could say that about, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, I, Dave I know, Grohl's band. I know who the best uh, drummer was. Of all time? No, in the Beatles. It was Pete Best. Pete Best, it? the original see, drummer. See what I did there? The best. Yeah. yeah. Great. Never heard him play. I don't know. <laughs> why, didn't he, why did he get kicked out? What happened? I actually don't know why he was kicked out, but I don't think the Beatles would be the Beatles without Ringo. Okay. You ever what was the guy's uh, what was the name of the guy who got kicked out of Guns N' Roses? Tracy Guns. Uh, the one? Uh, no, it was the one who was on uh, Celebrity Rehab with Doctor. Oh, Drew Stephen like Adler. That. Stephen Adler. If you get kicked out of uh, Guns N' Roses for drinking too much and doing too many drugs, then that is really You've got saying, a problem. that is really saying something. <laughs> You've got a problem for for Guns N' Roses to go. You know what? You 
you might have. Uh, we do a lot, but you, you, do, you do too much. <laughs> you do much. The, the band that wrote uh, Mr. Brownstone is like, you know what? You might be just taking it a little too far. I always thought that guy. Anyway, we're here at RGS Exteriors and Construction. Uh, let's see you change gears here, buddy. Uh, let's see. I, I, we're, we're doing fine. Switching gears. Uh, how about this? A, a, a very sober outfit. RGS uh, Exteriors and Construction. Our friend Greg. It's a good switch. Good jumping switch on there. with us once. You can expect very thorough and sober work from the good folks here at RGS. <laughs> very much so. Yeah, exactly. It's setting a high standard there. But, uh, hey, uh, it's been great talking with you guys here, uh, Greg and uh, you guys take great care of our listeners, and that's a big deal to you. You're taking care of customers and, and referrals and that sort of thing. It's a big part of what you do. It is. It's uh, very important for us to be able to have a happy customer and have them tell their neighbors, hey, you want your house to look like ours? Give these guys a call. Uh, referrals and our, our, uh, our reputation is very important. We, if, if we do something wrong, we make sure we make it right. That's, at the end of the day, we want our customers happy. And that, and that one of 100 or 1,000 or whoever might be unhappy. Do they send them to you, Greg? Do you handle that? I do. Actually, I'm, <laughs> it, it comes up chain to me, and, and I do my best to make sure we, we do everything we can to make them happy. And, and at the end of the day, we'll keep coming out until, until we can do it or, or they're done. <laughs> well, just an example of you guys, James Hardy signing is a big, big deal, and, and we can talk about that. But you guys have a special relationship with them that not everybody has. We do. We're the only elite preferred customer. Um, contractor here in utah so if you call james hardy and say hey who in utah is going to do a good job for us they'll recommend us we uh we're the only one that meets their standards their quality their volume their customer satisfaction and they do independent surveys they call the customers not us they call them and say hey are you happy with the quality um and that's how we get our our ranking through them one of the steps what makes them so good i mean with that product what makes them so good or us? Uh, the, the, the product. The, the product. James Hardy is a fiber cement board that can stand. It, it can stand up to basically here in Utah. Well, all across the country. But the, the weather, the birds, insects, fire resistant, um, durability. If you, it gets hit, if, you know, your kids are playing ball out back, it can take the, the abuse. And over time, you don't have to worry about it. It's, it, it's not something that the woodpeckers around here, a lot of people call, we go replace holes and siding because of the woodpeckers they come out to the hardy and they're like nope we'll move on find another house but it's just a durable long-lasting product that looks beautiful and it's going to stay that way for years so if someone backed a tractor or something into the side of your house austin uh you're saying that that would uh, wouldn't be a problem huh? well it would it would be a problem but it'd be something we could fix we'd have to come out and, <laughs> and redo it you know it's not gordon, gordon didn't know this but rgs is who came out and fixed it oh really yeah yep. hey, how about that that's good. The, the developer was like, all right, enough of this person. Let's call RGS. There you go. <laughs> yep. All right. Here's the number uh, to get the ball rolling. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. You can also go online, rgsutahsighting.com. That's rgsutahsighting.com. Greg, you're the man. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks, guys. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks to Tim and his crew here at RGS Exteriors and Construction. We always 
look forward to coming out and hanging out with these guys. Uh, if you want to uh, find out what they can do for you and the exterior of your home, whether it's gutters or siding, they're on it, 801-280-3110. Uh, or go to rgsutahsighting.com. Gordon, uh, going to go home, what, about an hour from now? Lakers, uh, Warriors? Yes, indeed. Going to tip off? I think most uh, people who follow the Jazz and most Jazz fans will be keenly tuned in to that. Well, they're going to see who the Jazz will not face in the NBA first <laughs> round. That they will or will not. I bet most Jazz fans are going to feel weird because they're going to, they should be cheering for the Lakers tonight. Yeah, those who are running scared. Why do you have to insult everybody? Just because they want to see their team advance rounds in the playoffs. Well, just climb right over the Lakers. You don't think they can do it? I think it's possible. I think there. I think the Warriors would be an easier matchup. I obviously get and, what and you're why saying. Why not let somebody else beat the Lakers? Yeah, I. I, I <laughs> that's a, okay. All right. <laughs> that's the way you want to look at it. I mean, the, the Lakers. Path of least resistance is that? the Lakers themselves were the beneficiary of that last year. I'm sure they were more than happy that Denver dispatched of the Clippers. Did them a favor. Well, one thing's for sure: the Clippers don't want anything to do with the Lakers. Or they want something to do with the Jazz. Ooh, yeah, that's right. That, that'll be the second round matchup, probably. And the, the Lakers could end up on the Clippers' side of the draw. Yeah, that's the gamble, you know. You never know. You never do. So we'll see what happens tonight. Yeah, I would... I, I, I'm interested. Just from, If you like basketball, watch that game, man. That's going to be fun to see. You got – Two of the best players in the absolute world, probably three of the best, and and you know one of them has been absolutely sensational this year. I mean, how can you not be compelled to watch that? Uh, who are you talking about, Kevon Looney? <laughs> yeah, he's the one. Mark Gasol. <laughs> Net. Anymore. Oh, of course. You're talking about your guy, Drummond. You just have a, <laughs> just such an overinflated opinion of that guy. I tell you. No. Always comes back no. to the greatness of Andre Drummond. No, no but watch how that, that – uh, uh, never mind. I don't really get the argument with you. Or... I kid, I kid. I know what you're saying. Well, mm. enjoy the game, Gordon. You can go home. You got? Do you have a spot on the couch that you, you uh, consume? Uh, I do. I, well, I move around. A little bit, but I I do have a a comfy spot. You don't I, have uh you don't have the heart to chase the kids out of your spot. Uh, I made what, what you know. Once uh, all the customers move out of the bed and breakfast, I may move to a different spot because I look. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. You know, come in and comment. What does a night go for at the old bed and breakfast up there? It's a, it's a great deal. It's free. <laughs> See, now, if I were you, and I, I, I know you're a much nicer person than I, uh, but if I were you, if, if one of your daughters is in your spot, you know, it's one, it's one of your girls. I get it. You know, you don't want to chase them out. But if a son-in-law is in your spot, <laughs> get to stepping. Well, there, there has been a son-in-law in, my, in the spot that I got my eye on. Time to move that son-in-law <laughs> to a different spot. How do I do that? What's you, your What's your advice? You You just say, "Hey, Papa likes to sit there." <laughs> I think a nice lengthy bill slipped hey, under I, his door at night might do. Love you. Love that you're in the fam. Don't love you that much. <laughs> Scooch. <laughs> Scoot on over.
Oh, man, see, I, I, got, I got a big heart. I just, I, I, just, I, I, I'm, I said you're nicer than me. Gordon that's sitting what cross-legged in the corner. Propped up against the wall. The yeah, Gordon's I'm like, fine. oh, pull up a little floor. Please, make yourself comfy. Don't mind me no, that I've spent my life uh, building up the resources to, uh, you know, put a roof over you currently. Sitting but in sure, a folding chair. Means, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, well, I, I'm... I'm <laughs> Not to mention raised uh, your wife to be the spectacular person that she is. So I think that more than... Um, qualifies you to carve out a little spot there for well, I think I get ample respect. I, I don't need to be making any demands. I don't need to be insecure about kicking people out of certain spots that they find comfort, comfortable. You can sit there all you want. You're just going to be sleeping outside. <laughs> well, all the things I can learn from you, Jake. I know. See, you should listen to me more often. Uh, have, a, have a great uh, evening, Gordo. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Yeah, thanks. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.